Welcome to Mindfully Well, your place to get the tools and tips you need to connect to a deeper sense of wellness, naturally and simply. This podcast is for change-seeking women who are curiously devoted to their health and ultimately having a positive impact on the world around them. I'll be diving into everything that can help us live mindfully well, one episode at a time. I'm your host, Haley. Welcome to episode five. I am so happy to be here and talking about this topic, which I think is very important because I'm about to share three books with you that have changed my life, my heart, and my world. This podcast is here to connect you to a deeper sense of wellness, naturally and simply, and I believe that these three books do just that. More importantly, on an emotional level, a spiritual level, and a mental level. The women who wrote the three books that I'm going to talk about have created their individual works that have helped millions of people, and they will continue to because these books are amazing, basically. Without further ado, we will dive into the three books. first book I'm going to share with you is called The Desire Map. This book was written by Daniela Port, one of my favorite humans, and is one of the books that I come back to a couple times a year, actually. So The Desire Map is, as the front of the book says, a guide to creating goals with soul. So for me, I have always been very goal-oriented and task-oriented, and I hit a point in my life where it was wearing me down, and I was checking off so many boxes and things that I'd accomplished, and I wasn't feeling any better. I was actually feeling more overwhelmed. My to-do list would never stop growing. Like, I just kept adding and adding and adding stuff to the bottom of my list, and this, this might have been because I worked at an ad agency where I managed almost 10 clients by myself doing all of their digital marketing and executing it. So that's a lot of task in itself. And then I, I'm also really interested in my own personal development and my own life. So I would tack on all these different tasks in this big long list of stuff that had to do with my work and my self-care and my social life and my sanity and my meal plans. And it was just a big cluster mess of things I needed to do. So this book helped me understand literally how to create goals with soul, but also how to go after how I want to feel instead of what I need to get done and what I need to achieve and what I want to achieve. When I found this book, I already knew of Danielle Laporte. I'd been following her online and reading her emails and soaking in all of her wisdom, but it wasn't until one day that I was at the bookstore, I saw this book. This book is beautiful, you guys. It's like a purple to salmon coral colored ombre 
it's just beautiful. Look at the cover. <laughs> I saw this book and I was like, oh my god, that's Danielle Laporte's book. I know what that is. I really, really wanted to buy it. I flipped through it. I kept putting it back on the shelf and picking it up. And I didn't buy it the first time I saw it. And I honestly think, like, I was spread pretty thin financially and I, I didn't value... What I didn't like value what this would do for me from a financial standpoint. I just saw a price on a book and I was like, eh, I don't know. Maybe I'll get it later. And so I left the bookstore. And then within a few days or no longer than a week, I went back and got it. Like I couldn't resist. I needed this book. It was calling to me. I couldn't say no. And I'm so glad I listened. I'm so glad that I went and got the desire map. So what exactly is this book? Well, I took the liberty of taking the description straight from Amazon because I think it's a clear and concise way of telling you what this book is without me fumbling over all of its glory. So basically, with the Desire Map, Danielle Laporte brings you a holistic life planning tool that will revolutionize the way that you go after what you want in life. 100% accurate. Just so y'all know, like, that is it. Um, the description goes on to say, Unapologetically passionate and with plenty of warm wit, Laporte turns the concept of ambition inside out and offers an inspired, refreshingly practical workbook for using the desire map process. Identify your core desire feelings in every day, or, I'm sorry, in every life domain. So the... The life sections are livelihood and lifestyle, body and wellness, creativity and learning, relationships and society, and essence and spirituality. So even just bucketing your different sections in life was like profound to me. I thought, oh my god, this, all of these tasks that I have overflowing everywhere on my list can go into different buckets and I can start to start to see where I'm overworking myself or not paying attention to myself. So just having these buckets of life domains, as it says, really helped me understand where everything was falling for me. So as you go through this process, you create practical goals with soul to generate your core desired feelings. And your core desired feelings are basically two to three, maybe four or five words of how you want to feel every day. So the idea is that once you figure out how you want to feel, then you do stuff that allows you or results in you feeling that way versus doing the thing and then feeling depleted or doing the thing and feeling unfulfilled. By putting your feelings first, you are then falling in line with how you want to feel and doing things that actually feel good, which is incredible to me. It's... Yeah, it's the only way I approach life now, actually. So I desire map twice a year, maybe three times, depending on what's going on or if my core desired feelings are not feeling like it anymore. I just sit down and like recalibrate. I, I start to look at what's happening and what's been done and I realize what needs to change or what feeling isn't sitting with me anymore. So this is an ever-evolving process. From my experience, you don't have 
the same core desired feelings for life because ultimately we change and we grow and we we evolve so then the way we want to feel also changes which I think is incredible um, I use Danielle Laporte's desire map planner so she has created this incredible like day planner and weekly planner that helps you lay out all of this stuff in your day-to-day -day life it's gorgeous it's beautiful I've been using it for four or five years now and every year when she releases it like it gets better it's so beautiful um, but I'll I actually am going to do an entire other episode on my core desired feelings the process that I go through and all of Danielle's stuff because I think she is well I, I just think she's incredible she's one of my favorite women ever so I'll do another episode on that but this book the desire map is so extremely good it is like half inspiration and story and helping you understand how she got to this process and then the second half of the book is an actual workbook so you get kind of like two-in-one inspiration and action which I really really love so I'm going to leave you with um, a little excerpt from her book that I think is really nice and helps explain this process. The book says, planning your day turns into living your life. Most life planning tools focus on external attainment and results, on accomplishments, which is incredibly valuable. Aiming for results is what moves your life forward, except that most goal-setting systems fail to harness the most powerful driver behind any pursuit, your most desired feelings. You're not chasing the goal itself, you're chasing the feelings that you hope attaining those goals will give you. You may not even be conscious of this. Many of us are on achievement autopilot. And then she goes on to tell a story of her life. but. I think that's a nice little summary of how this book approaches goals and feelings and accomplishing and yeah it's just it's wonderful I use it like I said a couple times a year I've come back to it for years now my book is looking <laughs> rather worn which I think is a wonderful thing but yeah so the desire map by Danielle Laporte I will share the links in the show notes but that is book number one. The second book that I want to tell you about is called The Artist Way, and it is written by Julia Cameron. If you know of Julia Cameron, you're probably in love with her like I am. <laughs> if you don't know of her, um, she is a profound writer. Like, I, I love her writing, but she's a really brilliant woman as well. So this book is the little subtitle or the subhead says, A Spiritual Path to Higher Creativity. So this book says a lot about, like, your, creati your creative self and the way you see your creative self, but honestly, for me, that embodies your entire being, right? We are in 
inherently creative and everyone is creative. So this book to me is more of like a, a life map and guide to deeper self, deeper creativity, just depth into who you are. So it says it's a course in discovering and recovering your creative self. That does not mean it's only for creatives or people who are artists or creatives. What that means is that there's a creative self in all of us and this will help you get closer to that. So this book actually came into my life because Chandler had bought it and was working through it. I saw that he was you know, starting this book and I was really curious about what it was and once I picked it up I realized I had to do this too. I had to do this work. Um, so if you're in a relationship or you and a best friend or whoever want to go through this book together, I think it's a really cool way of holding yourself accountable and also watching someone go through this process as you go through this process individually. Here's what the Amazon description has to say about The Artist Way. Since its first publication, The Artist Way phenomena has inspired the genius of Elizabeth Gilbert, Tim Ferriss, and millions of readers to embark on a creative journey and find a deeper connection to process and purpose. Julia Cameron's novel approach guides readers in uncovering problem areas and pressure points that may be restricting their creative flow and offers techniques to free up any areas where they might be stuck, opening up opportunities for self-growth and self-discovery. The program begins with Cameron's most vital tools for creative recovery, the morning pages, a daily writing ritual of three pages of stream of conscious, and the artist date, a dedicated block of time to nurture your inner artist. From there, she shares hundreds of exercises, activities, and prompts that help readers thoroughly explore each chapter. She also offers guidance on starting a creative cluster of fellow artists who will support you in your creative endeavors. A revolutionary program for personal renewal, The Artist Way will help you get back on track, rediscover your passions, and take the steps you need to change your life. So for me, this book got me back into my daily writing practice, which was something that I had for a very long time when I was young. And then once I became an adult and got a real job, I stopped writing as much and I, I didn't prioritize it. And I kind of forgot that I first identified as a writer. So through this 12 week program and book, I basically fell back in love with my writing and consistently returned to my journal every single day. So it really helped with that, but it was also just a really fun experiment for me to uncover beliefs about myself that I didn't know I had that were getting in my way. So through the 12 weeks, it basically covers everything from, I'm going to flip through and read it to you, but basically like recovering a sense of safety. Uh, recovering a sense of identity, a sense of power, a sense of integrity, a sense of possibility, a sense of abundance, a sense of connection, a sense of strength, compassion, self-protection, autonomy, and a sense of faith. 
So through those are like the 12 headers of the, the guide, the program, whatever you want to call it, the book. Um, and in each one of those weeks, you, you're confronted with a lot of your own stuff and you work through some different prompts and questions and inquiry practices that help you see what might be holding you back or getting in your way. So it's really beautiful. To me, I believe that this book is, it's like a non-negotiable, everyone has to read it and work through this book, book. That's what I think. I think this book is necessary for all human beings, no matter who you are, or where you are in life. I think it should be like a life required reading. So anyway, um, I, I flipped to a page because I wanted to see like what I highlighted before. And I wanted to like read something to you from the book. So I'm going to read a few things to you in different places in the book that I've highlighted or called out when I read it. So right in the beginning of kind of the intro and the basic principles, Julia Cameron writes, How do you know if you are creatively blocked? Jealousy is an excellent clue. Are there artists whom you resent? Do you tell yourself, I could do that if only dot dot dot. Do you tell yourself that if only you took your creative potential seriously, you might stop telling yourself it's too late, Stop waiting until you make enough money to do something you'd really love. Stop telling yourself it's just my ego whenever you yearn for a more creative life. Stop telling yourself that dreams don't matter, that they are only dreams and that you should be more sensible. Stop fearing that your friends and family would think you're crazy. Stop telling yourself that creativity is a luxury and that you should be grateful for what you've got. As you learn to recognize, nurture, and protect your inner artist, you will be able to move beyond pain and creative constriction. You will learn ways to recognize and resolve fear, remove emotional scar tissue, and strengthen your confidence. Damaging old ideas about creativity will be explored and discarded. Working with this book, you will experience an intensive, guided encounter with your own creativity your private villains, champions, wishes, fears, dreams, hopes, and triumphs. This experience will make you excited, depressed, angry, afraid, joyous, hopeful, and ultimately more free. I love that overview or that paragraph because it's so true. One, jealousy is a great clue into what's blocking you or what's going on with you. It's never about the other person. And then also just the highs and lows of going through this work. Like she says, you'll encounter everything from your villains to your champions, to your wishes and fears, hopes and dreams. Like, yeah, that's the point of the work. Like to do self work is to face all of those things. It's not all butterflies and rainbows and gratitude and happiness. There's also some really low lows in there, so I, I think it's cool that she like calls that out right in the beginning. In week seven, which is recovering a sense of connection, I highlighted this section and it really resonates with me because it's the reason why I'm doing this podcast in the first place, because I don't want to hold off until it's perfect. I don't want to try to be the best podcaster before I launch something. 
I've been trying to have this outlook with all of my projects for a couple of years now, but especially here, like you guys, creating a podcast is not easy and it's weird and I'm talking at a speaker and like it's not natural for me to just sit here and talk. Like I'd much rather prefer to write. <laughs> so that's why I'm doing this because I know it won't be perfect and I know that this is an area where I want to work on getting better. And the only way to do that is to practice. So here's a little chunk out of the week seven section called Recovering a Sense of Connection. It says, we deny that in order to do something well, we must first be willing to do it badly. Instead, we opt for setting our limits at the point where we feel assured of success. Living within these bounds, we may feel stifled, smothered, despairing, bored. But yes, we do feel safe, and safety is a very expensive illusion. In order to risk, we must jettison our accepted limits. We must break through, I can't because, because I am too old, too broke, too shy, too proud. Usually when we say we can't do something, what we mean is that we won't do something unless we can guarantee that we'll do it perfectly. So I love that because I have a, I think I'm a recovering perfectionist in a lot of ways when it comes to making things and putting stuff out into the world. And it's a nice reminder to just know that we can start without being perfect. And really that's the only way to start. So I like that piece. That's some stuff from The Artist Way. That's why I like it. I love it. I think you should read it too. I will link to it in the show notes and share all the resources I can. Regardless of this book, Julia Cameron is an amazing writer, so go look into her and check her out. She's, she's really wonderful. The third and final book that I'm going to share with you today is one of my, well, it is my favorite book, period, above all. I love all three of these books that I'm talking about, but this book specifically is my, <laughs> I don't know, like my book that I take everywhere. It, this book like fits perfectly in my little backpack and it goes everywhere with me. And you can tell it's pretty beaten up by now, but the book that I'm talking about is Women Who Run With the Wolves by Clarissa Pinkola Estes. This book is, well, I'll just tell you all of the things, but basically, I think I saw this book, like, on the internet or something. Like, people kept posting about it at a time in my life where it, like, kept showing up for me. And this book isn't new, necessarily. It was first published in 1992. So... The fact that I was seeing it now, to me, meant that it was something that I needed to dive into, right? So I take these signs as messages to dive deeper and begin. So I, I kept seeing this book, and I knew I needed to have it. So I went out and got it. Little did I know at the time that there are, like, two different sizes of this book. I got the really small version, and it's, like... You know, it's a little bit bigger than my hand. It's really small, but that makes the text really tiny. 
And it felt like when I first started reading it that there were like a trillion words on the pages. And I was like, this is really hard to read at night in bed. And then I realized that I'm very happy I got this size book because now I literally take it everywhere with me. And if I had the bigger size of this book, then it probably wouldn't be as easy for me to like carry everywhere. So anyway, that's <laughs> irrelevant to the fact of how wonderful this book is. It does come in two sizes in case you're wondering. So unlike the other two books, this one is not a workbook necessarily, but it kind of secretly is in my mind. Um, I have like every different inquiry question and thought-provoking idea in this book underlined and highlighted and starred and hearted and all of this stuff, so it can definitely become a workbook of your own if you want it to be because of all the deep questions throughout, but um, it's not written as a workbook like the other two are. So for me to work through this book, it took it took me a while to read it and, you know, I just had to sit with it, read it, digest what I was reading and kind of like interpreting and then write about it and then repeat. So I've, I've read it all the way through once and then I've read it who knows how many times since then from just opening it to a page and diving into whatever resonated with me or what I didn't underline and all of that. So I read it a lot, I think, like every day. Um, so I will share with you what, again, the Amazon description says because I I think these book descriptions do a very nice job at describing what they are because they were probably written by the authors or the publishers. So of course, we'll give you the full on description. The Amazon description for Women Who Run With The Wolves says, within every woman, there lives a powerful force filled with good instincts, passionate creativity, and ageless knowing. She is the wild woman who represents the instinctual nature of women, but she is an endangered species. For though the gifts of wildish nature belong to us at birth, society's attempt to civilize us into rigid roles has muffled the deep, life-giving messages of our own souls. In Women Who Run With The Wolves, Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes unfolds rich intercultural myths Fairy tales, folk tales, and stories, many from her own traditions, in order to help women reconnect with the fierce, healthy, visionary attributes of this instinctual nature. Through the stories and commentaries in this remarkable book, we retrieve, examine, love, and understand the wild woman, and hold her against our deep psyches as one who is both magic and medicine. Dr. Estes has created a new lexicon for describing the female psyche. Fertile and life-giving, it is a psychology of women in the truest sense, a knowing of the self. I love the description of this book. I, I can't do it better justice than that, you guys. Like, honestly, it just leaves me kind of speechless when I try to explain the impact of this book on me. So, yeah, I... <laughs> it's hard. I take it everywhere with me. I hold it close to my chest and just being around this book like soothes me and inspires me. To me, this book is more than a book. It's a guide for life. 
and self and the depths of our soul. So, instead of trying to explain it, I'll just read a few of my favorite parts, which, well, is the whole book, but <laughs> um, I'll just flip to some pages and read to you what I have extra, extra underlined or starred because I tend to underline, star, exclamation, question mark, star, exclamation, heart, 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 different parts of books. So <laughs> I will pull out my most marked up pieces for you all and give you a little taste of how wonderful this book is. So toward the beginning of the book, there is a section called Stalking the Intruder, the Beginning Initiation. And it's just a story she tell, every chapter is a story and then she goes into explaining them or clarifying different stuff from her background and her knowing. So there are interesting stories and then there's also the juicy good stuff pulled out of them. That sounds so weird. Pulled out of them and explained from a psychological perspective and a life perspective, really. But, okay, so here's one thing that I put a heart next to. The cure for both the naive woman and the instinct injured woman is the same. Practice listening to your intuition, your inner voice. Ask questions, be curious, see what you see, hear what you hear, and then act upon what you know to be true. These intuitive powers were, giving, were given to your soul at birth. They have been covered over, perhaps by years and years of ashes and excrement. This is not the end of the world, for these can be washed away. With some chipping and scraping and practice, your perceptive powers can be brought back to your pristine state again. Another section that I love and is all marked up with stars and underlines goes as follows, which is a few more chapters in. Another way to strengthen connection to intuition is to refuse to allow anyone to repress your vivid energies. That means your opinions, your thoughts, your ideas, your values, your morals, your ideals. There is very little right and wrong or good and bad in this world. There is, however, useful and not useful. There are also things that are sometimes destructive as well as things which are engendering. There are actions that are properly integrated and intentioned and those that are not. But as you well know, a garden has to be turned in the fall in order to prepare for it in the spring. It cannot bloom all the time. But let your own innate cycles dictate the upsurges and the downward cycles of your life, not other forces or persons outside of yourself, nor negative complexes from within. Okay, one more, because I just looked down and saw it, and I think I should read it. Listen to the inner hearing, the inner seeing, the inner being. Follow it. It knows what to do next. With that, I will leave you all with some closing thoughts and all of the resources to find these books and dig in as you feel compelled to.
So those are the three books that have changed my life immensely. The Desire Map, The Artist Way, and Women Who Run With the Wolves. I love them so much. I hope you love these books if you decide to check them out too. If you do feel drawn toward any of them, I don't care how you obtain them. Like, I don't get paid for talking about any of these. I don't care if you borrow, beg, buy, whatever you do to read these books. It doesn't benefit me any. It's just for you. So these are things that have helped me on my path, and I hope they'll do something for you as well. So head to your local bookstore, buy them used, rent them, borrow them, whatever you need to do to get your hands on these babies. Because, you guys, they are gold. These books are just, they're so good. I will also be sharing some other books that have had a profound impact on me in regard to different topics, but these three are like the cream of the crop for me. They are number one, two and three, or just one, one and one, and I love them. Like I've said that a million times, I think, but seriously, I mean it. Um, if you're not sure which one to start with, here are some questions to ask yourself or some like prompts to help you decide. So depending on where you are in your life right now, that might help you pick which one you want to dig into. So you can ask yourself, are you going through a big change or feeling kind of stagnant? And I would say the artist way is a really good choice for that feeling. Um, if you are trying to get something big done or accomplish or reach some sort of goal that will also feel good, then I recommend the desire map to start there. Um, if you're yearning for a connection to literally the depths of your soul, you must read Women Who Run With Wolves like right now, like yesterday. Um, it's really that good. Um, yeah, and if you want like deep philosophical inspiration or step-by-step -step instructions to get shit done, basically, The Artist Way is step-by-step. And the second half of the desire map is also like a step-by-step -step workbook. So those two are very tangible and actionable. And all three are deep and will require a level of commitment from you that you've likely not felt from a book. Maybe, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what books you've read, of course. But these books do require a, a commitment on a soul level that helps you stay in and Honestly, once I picked all of them up, I couldn't put them down. So maybe the commitment's not that hard if it's the right time for you to be reading whichever book you choose. But like I said, they're not just books. They're powerful tools to take you deeper and further into yourself and your life. So I will leave you with your thoughts and your internet access to find which book you want. Um, if you have any questions and you're not sure where you might want to start, you can message me. I can help as, as much as I can help. Um, yeah, and as always, the show notes for this episode can be found at HaleyHeishman.com backslash podcast, and I will leave links to everything over there. So until next time, I wish you the best of luck, and I hope you find what you're looking for.